The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. With me on the line now is the Deputy Mayor of the City of Greater Geelong, Councillor Trent Sullivan. Um, So Stephanie Asher has said she won't be coming back on the program as Mayor. She'll delegate this time slot for the Council to one of the other Councillors or the Deputy Mayor. So Trent will be speaking to us a lot more frequently um, at this time. But Stephanie Asher will join us as the Liberal candidate for Corangamite, we believe, in uh, September. So Trent, good morning. Thank you very much for being on the program once again. Good morning, Mitchell. Thank you for having me on this uh, this blustery yet sunny Victorian morning. So we've had um, some new cases today in Victoria, uh, 10 new cases according to the Department of Health, but all of them are linked to uh, known outbreaks and all of them were in isolation during their infectious period. So the hope is that that's good enough for some of the lockdown restrictions to be eased today. We'll wait and see what the Premier has to say. But in terms of the City of Greater Geelong and the services you provide, what's currently closed and not available and what would reopen uh, if the proposed uh, changes actually do come to pass? No, I'm sure we're all looking forward to the uh, Premier's uh, press conference this morning and uh, eagerly awaiting uh, the news of hopefully um, coming out all a slight rollback of the current restrictions. Now, now the Greater Geelong community has done a fantastic job straight off the bat with staying home, masking up, getting tested and getting the jab when eligible. And we are all hoping that the community restrictions will be lifted uh, to reflect this fantastic effort. Uh, We all know it's been a continued, incredibly tough time for the businesses and workers who have been impacted uh, by these rolling lockdowns. And all across the city's indoor and outdoor facilities, such as the aquatic, recreation, leisure facilities, customer service centres, places like the Belmont Market, uh, the carousel down the waterfront, the potato shed, the wool museum, uh, our youth hubs, public halls and community hubs. They've all had to be closed during this time. Uh, so that's the majority, really, of council facilities that the public uses. Um, we're hoping that a rollback of restrictions will allow us to reopen these facilities, um, especially our, our sporting, our aquatic facilities, things that help people be active and healthy. Um, naturally, as well, our uh, creative facilities, as I said, um, museum, potential, et cetera, will need to be opened again as quick as possible. But it really comes around to what it will be the limits of per person, per square metre of space, if we can do that. Now, the city's childcare centres have remained open during this time to help parents who have to work from home or are in essential services outside of the home. So it's been fantastic that we've been able to continue that. But we're really looking forward to opening our facilities to the public again um, so we can once again you know, rejoice and come out of this as a stronger community. I think uh, well, we're only just in lockdown recently, and I asked you this in the last lockdown, how quickly can you reopen things if the Premier gets up today and says, yes, at 11.59 these restrictions are easing, will some of the services that you're talking about be open from tomorrow? Uh, look, one, one of the things we've, uh, we've gotten used to is... Uh, quickly shutting down uh, services and facilities and uh, quickly reopening them again. Um, really, the largest thing will be if we can uh, help quickly, we can organise our staff who, who uh, operate these facilities. Uh, we have to give them reasonable time and, um, and all the above. But uh, hopefully from tomorrow, there'll be certainly many facilities open. Um, but in a day or two, uh, nearly everything should be back open and running. 
Now, I see that um, Stephanie Asher running for federal politics has brought some of the council issues into the federal arena because Richard Miles has launched three ads on his social media attacking um, Stephanie Asher and basically attacking the council. And um, what he says is, first of all, there was an issue around the parking, which we spoke about when you were last on, around the quadriplegic person um, being uh, fine for, essentially for parking out the front of their house and also he criticised Stephanie Asher for staff layoffs during COVID. Now I see that Martin Cutter has written a letter to the editor in today's paper where he says that uh, there's a distinction between councillor and CEO responsibilities and it's more the set of CEO responsibilities that he's talking about there. So how do you react to that uh, essential attack on Stephanie Asher? Yeah, so first of all, um, in relation to Martin Cutter's uh, letter to the editor, the, the mayor and councillors play no role in operational matters like parking, uh, the fines, rubbish collection, management, uh, pet registration. These are things that come under the CEO's um, uh, remit. It's a, The city delivers 127 services, all for the community, uh, with CEO ensures the effective and efficient management of from the day-to-day operations, as he explains. This is clearly all laid out in the Local Government Act 2020, which defines the role of elected councillors, and then those of the administration that oversee the city. Now, it, it's disappointing and unfortunate that Richard Miles has uh, decided to come out so uh, vigorously and attack um, Mayor Stephanie Asher during these times. Uh, it's not something that, you know, we, we, we city plays to. We don't taken upon ourselves to attack other members of other levels of government uh, when we or park cast opinions if they're doing their job well or not. Um, but it just shows that uh, that's what the deputy leader of the opposition uh, does. That's their, their style of politics. And they're free to do that if they like. Um, but the negative reaction the community have seen to this, um, as we saw in the paper the other day as well, um, just, just shows that it's the strength of the character. On the point about the quadriplegic issue... Um you spoke to us about that when you were on the program last time and you said that uh, the council was engaged in a dialogue with that person about what special arrangements could be made so that they wouldn't have an issue parking out the front of their house during football games, which is the problem, I think, when there's a football game on and who knows if we'll actually have crowds back this year, but that's where the issue starts. So have you had a discussion and is there any progress in that space? Um, absolutely. Uh, this, the CEO and our, our Director of Planning and uh, Economy Investment is are all over it. There's been extraordinarily positive dialogue um, between both parties, and they're, they're both still working towards uh, uh, resolving this issue. All right, uh, we'll keep checking in on that. I think rabbit controls, can you talk to us about that situation? Because the mayor has been quoted uh, in the paper about rabbit controls. It seems to be a very costly exercise. Yeah, unfortunately, it is, Mitchell. Um, we have a new five-year rabbit control plan that is up for adoption by the council tonight. And as you know, rabbits are one of Australia's most destructive pests, and with about 20 million, we estimate, currently living in Victoria. They degrade the quality of our ecosystems, they compete with livestock for pasture, they reduce crop yields, and they promote the spread of invasive weeds, which is a real concern. Now, landowners and land managers are bound by law to take responsible and reasonable steps to prevent the spread of rabbits and, as far as possible, eradicate them. Now, this plan will describes how the City of Greyjohn will control rabbits on council-managed land and, as well, which is a very important point coming up, is that how we support the community to reduce the impacts elsewhere. It identifies rabbit-prone locations, priority areas for council, and outlines the City's rabbit control commitments and a vision goal actions for the next five years 
Now, hopefully, this is about the results of the final phase of consultation in June 2020, which we did last year, which showed strong community and stakeholder support for this plan. And it also includes um, incredible, fantastic new, clever and creative initiatives, such as using drones and other technology to survey rabbit-prone areas as quickly as we can and really target the problem at its source. Uh, Talk to us about these city street performers. Apparently, they've been so popular that they'll be coming back again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, People love street performers. And now roving performers and street activations are returning to a number of shopping and dining precincts from September through to the end of this year. It's part of Council's uh, In Our Backyard campaign and is backed by funding from the Victorian state government. We've had a lot of positive feedback on the program and we're trying to encourage people back to these precincts when lockdowns are over. Now, the performers are incredibly talented and they bring a lot of colour to our streets. And this return follows successful entertainment series across nine precincts, including Lara, Highton, uh, Central Geelong, all before this most recent lockdown. Now, this program is based around and allows the city to continue supporting our dining and shopping businesses, uh, which need it more now than ever before. And uh, last of all, uh, Councillor Kylie Grizzlebeck, uh, Windermere Ward Councillor, has apparently lodged a notice of motion regarding um, low-cost camping options in the city's north. Yes, um, absolutely. Uh, Councillor Kylie will be raising this notice of motion tonight, asking for an update to a 2013 assessment of recreational vehicle uh, user issues and opportunities and a budget to do so. She's interested in investigating new low-cost camping in areas in the north of Geelong, in places such as Yuyangs, Serendip, Anarchy and Little River. Um, this is also including a publicly accessible dump point, which she believes is quite important. Now, the city currently has three dedicated short-term parking options and welcome info packs for RV users that overnight and long-stay options in local commercial parks. There are subsidies for the costs of a publicly accessible dump point in Geelong. Now, Carly has been contacted by residents and potential tourists asking for Geelong to capture this market of low-cost travellers to bring further tourism and trade to our small towns in the north of Geelong. Our visitor economy is an incredibly large part of the uh, Geelong local economy and has seen a massive hit during these COVID times. Uh, So steps like these... Um, or a possible way of reintroducing tourism back to our area and getting cash flow for uh, small businesses and small traders in these areas. Well, thank you very much for being on the program and uh, hopefully we have some good news, as we've said, about lockdowns and hopefully some of those council services can come back online. We'll talk to you again, I believe, in two weeks' time. Fantastic. Looking forward to it, Mitchell. Thanks thank for having you. Me. The Deputy Mayor of the City of Greater Geelong, Councillor Trent Sullivan there. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you get your podcasts.